tonight we're doing something a little bit different with this time. Uh, we're just read a portion of, of the um, Advent story together from Luke's Gospel. And so it's going to be a big chunk of scripture, um, Luke, uh, Luke 1 and 2. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Um, or just listen along. So I'm gonna, we're reading from the Passion Translation. I don't know how many of you have that translation. Uh, if you have the Bible Gateway app, you can find it there. Uh, otherwise, you can just listen along. Do we have it? Come on. Getting all fancy. There it is in Star Wars form for us. Um, <laughs> uh, and I want to just I want to just draw our attention to two things as we as we begin to read this tonight. And as I was reading through this today, it just um, was what really struck me was one just the way that God, um, even prior to His Son uh, coming into the world, He's He's just continually um, speaking. He's continually engaging people with his heart and engaging um, people's hearts with his heart. And, and so I want to just draw our attention to that as we read Luke 1 and 2, um, just over and over again, and you see God speaking into the lives of people with words of, of hope, words of anticipation, words of encouragement, words of what is to come, words of his promises that are being fulfilled. And um, the second thing is just the response of those that receive those words and the, um, the way that um, people really can't contain all that is um, happening as God engages us in that. I believe there's something for us there tonight as we read this. And so I just want to pray before we read this together. And, and ask that our hearts will just be open to receive it um, afresh and to let God stir something even within us um, that is appropriate to the occasion. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you that you are a God that is continually pursuing us. You're a God that is continually after the hearts of humanity so that we would know what you like, so that we would know your goodness, so that we would know your, your love and your kindness and your mercy and your peace and your abundance. And I thank you that that comes to us in an unlikely way. And God, we've heard this story, but I pray prayer, God, that it would be new for us tonight. I pray that wherever our hearts aren't aligned with the good news that is broken through and is breaking through again and again and again, that God, you would, you would stir us. Stir us, God. Give us fresh eyes. Give us ears to hear, God. Give us tender hearts to receive, to receive this good news again. In Jesus' name we pray. We ask Cynthia to come up. She's going to read Luke 1 for us. It's a lot, so, you know, um, we're going to take turns to get through this, okay? <laughs> it 
Starting with Book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 5. During the reign of King Herod the Great over Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah who served in the temple as part of the priestly order of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also from the family of priests, being a direct descendant of Aaron. They were both lovers of God, living virtuously and following the commandments of the Lord fully. But they were childless since Elizabeth was barren, and now they were both quite old. One day, while Zechariah's priestly order was on duty and he was serving as priest, it happened by the casting of lots, according to the custom of the priesthood, that the honor fell upon Zechariah to enter into the holy place and burn incense before the Lord. A large crowd of worshippers had gathered to pray outside the temple at the hour when incense was being offered. All at once, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing just to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was startled and overwhelmed with fear, but the angel reassured him, saying, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God is showing grace to you. For I've come to you to tell that your prayer for a child has been answered. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to name him John. His birth will bring you much joy and gladness. Many will rejoice because of him. He will be one of the great ones in the sight of God. He will drink no wine or strong drink, but he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even while still in his mother's womb. And he will persuade many in Israel to convert and turn back to the Lord their God. He will go before the Lord as a forerunner, with the same power and anointing as Elijah the prophet. He will be instrumental in turning the hearts of the father in tenderness back to their children, and the hearts of the disobedient back to the wisdom of their righteous fathers. And he will prepare a united people, who are ready for the Lord's appearing. Zechariah asked the angel, How do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man, and my wife is too old to give me a child. What sign can you give me to prove all of this will happen? Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand beside God himself. He has sent me to announce to you this good news. But now, since you did not believe my words, you will be stricken silent and unable to speak until the day my words have been fulfilled at their appointed time and the child is born to you. That will be your sign. Meanwhile, the crowds outside kept expecting him to come out. They were amazed over Zechariah's delay, wondering what could have happened inside the sanctuary. When he finally did come out, he tried to talk but he couldn't speak a word, and they realized from his gestures that he had seen a vision while in the holy place. He remained mute as he finished his days of priestly ministry in the temple, and then went back to his own home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for the next five months. She said with joy, See how kind it is of God to gaze upon me and take away the disgrace of my barrenness. During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an presence to an unmarried girl named Mary living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Grace to you, good woman, for the Lord is with you, and so you are anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. But the angel reassured her, saying, Do not yield to your fear, Mary. For the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will enthrone him as king on his ancestor David's throne. He will reign as king of Israel forever, and his reign will have no limit. Mary said, But how could this happen? I am still a virgin. Gabriel answered, The spirit of holiness will fall upon you, and Almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your aged aunt Elizabeth 
has also become pregnant with a son. The barren one is now in her sixth month. Not one promise from God is empty of power, for nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary responded, saying, This is amazing. I will be a mother for the Lord. As a servant, I accept whatever you ask for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. And the angel left her. Afterward, Mary arose and hurried off to the hill country of Judea, to the village where Zechariah and Elizabeth lived. Arriving at their home, Mary entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the moment she heard Mary's voice, the baby within Elizabeth's womb jumped and kicked, and suddenly Elizabeth was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she prophesied with power, Mary, you are a woman given the highest favor and privilege above all others, for your child is destined to bring God great delight. How did I deserve such a remarkable honor to have the mother of my Lord come and visit me? The moment you came in the door and greeted me, my baby danced inside me with ecstatic joy. Great favor is upon you, for you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. And Mary sang this song. My soul is ecstatic, overflowing with praises to God. My spirit burst with joy over my life-living God, for he set his tender gaze upon me, his lowly servant girl. And from here on, everyone will know that I have been favored and blessed. The Mighty One has worked a mighty miracle for me. Holy is his name. Mercy kisses all his godly lovers from one generation to the next. Mighty power flows from him to scatter all those who walk in pride. Powerful princes, he tears down, he tears from their thrones, and he lifts up the lowly to take their place. Those who hunger for him will always be filled, but the smug and self-satisfied he will send away empty, because he has never, because he can never forget to show mercy. He has helped his chosen servant Israel, keeping his promises to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Before going home, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months. When Elizabeth's pregnancy was full term, she gave birth to a son. All her family, friends, and neighbors heard about it, and they too were overjoyed, for they realized that the Lord had showered such wonderful mercy upon her. When the baby was eight days old, according to their custom, all the family and friends came together for the circumcision ceremony. Everyone was convinced that the parents would name the baby Zechariah after his father, but Elizabeth spoke up and said, no, he has to be named John. What? they exclaimed. No one in your family line has that name. So they gestured to the baby's father to ask what to name the child. After monitoring, after motioning for a writing tablet, in amazement of all, he wrote, his name is John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and his first words were praises to the Lord. The fear of God then fell on the people of their village, and the news of this astounding event traveled throughout the hill country of Judea. Everyone was in awe of it. All who heard this news were astonished and wondered, if a miracle brought his birth, what on earth will this child become? Clearly, God's presence is upon this child in a powerful way. Then Zechariah was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit, and he prophesied, saying, Praise be to the exalted Lord God of Israel. For he has seen us through this, his eyes of grace, and he has come as our hero God to set us free. He appears to us as a mighty Savior, a trumpet of redemption from the house of David, his servant. Just as he promised long ago by the words of his holy prophet, they prophesied he would come one day and save us from every one of our enemies and from the power of those who hate us. Now he has shown us the mercy promised to our ancestors, for he has remembered his holy covenant. He has rescued us from the power of our enemies. This fulfills the sacred oath he made with our father Abraham. 
Now we can boldly worship God with holy lives, living in purity as priests in his presence every day. And to you I prophesy, my little son, you will be known as the prophet of the glorious God. For you will be a forerunner, going before the face of the Master Yahweh to prepare hearts to embrace his ways. You will preach to his people the revelation of salvation life, the cancellation of all our sins to bring us back to God. The splendor light of heaven's glorious sunrise is about to break upon us in holy visitation, all because the merciful heart of our God is so very tender. The word from heaven will come to us with dazzling light to shine upon those who live in darkness, near death's dark shadow, and he will illuminate the path that leads to the way of peace. Afterward, their son grew up and was strengthened by the Holy Spirit, and he grew in his love for God. John chose to live in the lonely wilderness until the day came when he was displayed publicly to Israel. Can you still with us? Okay, round two. That was chapter one. It's like Luke. He just, he's like, I have a lot to fit in here, everybody. That was very good. Thank you, Cynthia. During those days, the Roman emperor, Caesar Augustus, ordered that the first census be taken throughout his empire. Quirinius was the governor of Syria at the time. Everyone had to travel to his or her hometown to complete the mandatory census. So Joseph and his fiancée Mary left Nazareth, a village in Galilee, and journeyed to the hometown in Judea, to the village of Bethlehem, King David's ancient home. They were required to register there since they were both direct descendants of David. Mary was pregnant and nearly ready to give birth. When they arrived in Bethlehem, Mary went into labor and there she gave birth to the firstborn son. After wrapping the newborn baby in strips of cloth, they laid him in a feeding trough since there was no available space in any upper room in the village. That night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God, and the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news that the earth has ever heard. And it is for everyone, everywhere, for today in Bethlehem a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord, Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by the miracle sign. You will find a baby in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Then all at once a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven, and they all praised God, saying, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. When the choir of angels disappeared back to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go. Let's hurry and find this word that is born in Bethlehem and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. So they ran into the village and found their way to Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a feeding trough. Upon seeing the miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what had just happened. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. But Mary treasured all of these things in her heart and often pondered what they meant. The shepherds turned to their flock, ecstatic over what had happened. They praised God and glorified for Him for all they had heard and seen. 
for themselves, just like the angel had said. On the day of the baby's circumcision ceremony, eight days after his birth, his parents gave him the name Jesus, the name prophesied by the angel before he was born. After Mary's days of purification had ended, it was time for her to come to the temple with a sacrifice according to the law of Moses after the birth of a son. So Mary and Joseph took the baby Jesus to Jerusalem to be dedicated before the Lord. For it is required in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be a set-apart one for God, and to offer a prescribed sacrifice, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. As they came to the temple to fulfill the requirement, an elderly man was waiting there, a resident of Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He was a very good man, a lover of God who kept himself pure, and the spirit of holiness rested upon him. Simeon believed in the imminent appearing of the one called the refreshing of Israel. For the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death before he saw the Messiah, the anointed one of God. For this reason, the Holy Spirit had moved him to be in the temple court at the very moment Jesus' parents entered to fulfill the requirement of the sacrifice. Simeon cradled the baby in his arms and praised God and prophesied, saying, Lord and Master, I am your loving servant, and now I can die content, for your promise to me has been fulfilled. With my own eyes I have seen your word, the Savior you sent into the world. He will be glory for your people Israel, and the revelation light for all people everywhere. Mary and Joseph stood there, awestruck over what was being said about their baby. Simeon then blessed them and prophesied over Mary, saying, A painful sword will one day pierce your inner being, for your child will be rejected by many in Israel, and the destiny of your child is this. He will be laid down as a miracle sign for the downfall and resurrection of many in Israel. Many will oppose the sign, but it will expose to all the innermost thoughts of their hearts before God. A prophetess named Anna was also in the temple court that day. She was from the Jewish tribe of Asher and the daughter of Phanuel. Anna was an aged widow who had been married only seven years before her husband passed away. After he died, she chose to worship God in the temple continually. For the past 84 years, she had been serving God with night and day prayer and fasting. Can we just say, glory. <laughs> While Simeon was prophesying over Mary and Joseph and the baby, Anna walked up to them and burst forth with a great chorus of praise to God for the child. And from that day forward, she told everyone in Jerusalem who was waiting for their redemption that the anticipated Messiah had come. When Mary and Joseph had completed everything required of them by the law of Moses, they took Jesus and returned to their home in Nazareth in Galilee. The child grew more powerful in grace, for he was being filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Let's pray. This record, 
and the gift that it is of your coming, your sending your son. And just as it was with each of the hearts of those who you came to, God, we want to be stirred. We want to be stirred by the truth of your presence among us, your kingdom breaking through, your salvation and redemption that has come and is here and is coming. And tonight we find ourselves in the middle of this story. Gotta pray that we wouldn't we wouldn't be on the outside looking in, but that we would in fact find ourselves in the middle of this story. And Holy Spirit, I pray that that as the truth of your presence with us, a God that is among us impacts our heart, God, that we would be stirred. That we wouldn't be able to contain it. God, that we would find ourselves with a song overflowing from the inside out. Lord, as we continue to worship you tonight, I pray, I pray for that. I pray for a grace on our hearts tonight to open again, to open again to this good news this glorious gospel that we have received. This peace on earth and goodwill towards men that has been given by you through a son that came and dwelled among us and will journey to the cross to take our shame upon ourselves. And give us abundant life instead. And give us salvation. And give us hope. And give us peace. Tonight as we come to your table, we come to receive the light of the world, Jesus. We come to receive Emmanuel, God, who came and is with us. And we come to receive all that you came for. We come to receive your salvation. God, would you restore, restore by your spirit, the joy of that salvation, the joy of knowing you, the joy of your kingdom come, the joy of your light breaking through in the darkness, God. Jesus' name, pray. Amen. When you're ready, you can come and receive communion tonight. We're going to continue. Um, and a few more songs.